Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. Episode 10, everybody. I got a quote to start it off. Benjamin Franklin said, In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And we're here to talk about taxes today. Ready for this, Nick? I'm ready. Wow, that's held true for 200 years. It was probably true for a few hundred years before that. I don't see them going away anytime soon. They are very, very important. And so this episode is to explain it in a way that you can do them yourself and not have to hire somebody else to do your taxes for you. Yeah, you especially now in, in 2021, you do not need to be an expert on tax law or even read any sort of tax law to do your own taxes. There are there's software out there where for, you know, in certain cases it's free for a very low cost. You can do your own taxes. It walks you through it. And we're going to make sure you know what you need to know to use one of these tools. That's right. Before that, what's your financial high and low over the last week? I is I had a, a surprise tax refund, and so I, I didn't realize that this was coming. And after I got it, I realized I had seen some articles about this and blew it off. But early on um, in 2020, late 2019, I had gotten laid off. And so I, I took, I think, like one week of unemployment um, during my job search. And luckily, it was a, a very quick turnaround before I got that new job. But because that unemployment check came in 2020 and Congress recently passed some sort of bill exempting uh, unemployment income from taxes, from income tax. And so I, whatever tax I had paid on that unemployment check um, got refunded to me. So that was That's you know, a good thing extra... for anyone listening who's on unemployment right now to, to know. Yeah. Um, so that was an extra like hundred something bucks nice. just out of nowhere that showed up so yeah that was, that was nice and then my uh my low is i immediately turned around and took that extra money and went to re or actually i was already going to rei because i'm getting ready for a camping trip but i immediately took that extra money and spent way more at rei than i was planning on so it's it was i mean there's just so many gadgets and gizmos and, i consider and, that an investment in your health and fitness yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not like I went out and had a crazy night at a bar and just like got bottle service or something. So it, it's it's stuff I'll be able to use over and over. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I feel really old for my high because it's the, I'd like to be excited about this because I got a lot of uh, money back on rebates for my appliances. <laughs> Like the Energy Star appliances from the... Just had the 29th birthday. You're, you're creeping <laughs> yeah. creeping like, towards the hill. It's like, oh boy, I get half back on my dryer, my refrigerator. What a treat. But so that that's the high. Um, it wound up being a good amount of money because I bought all the, you know, the efficient Energy Star appliances or whatever for the house. And my low, when I came to Portland, I got really into these liquid death waters. It's a plug for liquid death. There, It's just regular water, but... From the Alps, right? Yeah, they say it's from the Alps, but the marketing is really cool. It looks like a beer or energy drink or something. And, but it, yeah, and I think it tastes good. I think that's their whole thing. They're supposed to be like water that you can drink with other people that are drinking beer. Yeah. And not have it be obvious that you're not also indulging. So 
Oh, I love them. I, I kind of feel weird when I drink them while I'm driving because I feel like if the yeah. cop saw me, it would look weird. But anyway, I'm spending a lot of money on those lately. And it's just water, so I, I really shouldn't be. But oh, well, yeah, I try. I try to drink most of my water from the tap. <laughs> Straight from the tap. Straight from the tap. That's <laughs> don't dirty risky. the glass. Oh my gosh! No, <laughs> oh, straight from the tap with your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I have one of those extendable hose things. Yeah, it's really easy to get into a good spot. Oh, how am I going to transition to taxes now? Uh, so every year you have to pay your taxes, right? I guess that's filing your taxes. You're actually paying your taxes throughout the year. So what in your uh, view? How would you define doing your taxes? When we talk about doing taxes, it's really about calculating your income tax, right? This has nothing to do with the sales tax you might have been paying on other stuff throughout the year. But throughout the year, whenever you get a paycheck, obviously some of that money has been going towards taxes, towards your income taxes. But the amount that gets taken out or the amount that your employer withholds for you is sort of based on their best guess of what you're going to owe at the end of the year. But they don't have, your employer doesn't have all of the information you need for them to accurately calculate your taxes. And so what, when we talk about doing your taxes at the start of the year, what you're doing is figuring out how much you actually owed versus how much you actually paid throughout the previous year. And then there's going to be three outcomes from that calculation. You either paid more than you needed to. And if, if that's the case, the government will send you a tax refund, which means you get money. Or you may have paid less than you needed to. And in that case, you need to send a check to the government to make up for those missing taxes. And the third situation is you paid exactly the right amount of taxes and no money goes anywhere. But that's almost like flipping a coin and having it land on its side. It, it's technically possible, I guess. But Very, very rare. Yeah. And the reason why, so our two big reasons why you should file your taxes. <laughs> One is that your job, your employer, they don't know exactly what else is going on in your life that might reduce the amount of tax you should pay. So... They don't have all the information that you're going to give when you're filing your taxes. Like Nick just said, they're taking in uh, a guess. It's a ballpark of how much they think you're going to owe. So you need to correct that and tell them, no, I have children or uh, I have mortgage interest. We'll go through the, the types of things that can change how much tax you should pay. The other reason is because tax evasion is very bad. And they'll get you. You do not want to mess around with the IRS because there are thousands and thousands of employees whose only job is to catch people avoiding paying their taxes. My my favorite example for that is Al Capone was not taken down by the FBI. It was the IRS. Yep. You'll see a good amount of celebrities getting caught for this too. So don't be one of those people like file your taxes every year. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask something very difficult. Can you explain the U.S. Uh, progressive tax system in oh a minute or less? All right, let me do my best. The U.S. tax system is a has a progressive income tax, and we're talking at the federal level right now. It'll it'll be different at state level, but what that means is 
there's brackets for certain amounts of taxable income. So if you made that much, the income gets taxed at this percentage. But as you move from one bracket up to the next bracket, the tax rate goes up, but you only pay that increased tax rate on the money that's in that new bracket. So if you make, say, $80,000, you're going to pay 10% in taxes on the first $19,750. And then you're going to pay 12% on any amount over that. And then if you made more than 80,000, if you made like 100,000, you would pay 22% on any money over 80,000. You never end up making less money by having a higher income. Yeah, some people think like, oh, if I get kicked into a higher bracket, I'm going to Yeah, be yeah, and I think more. that's because people think if they get if they make more money and they move up into that higher income bracket, that all of their income is getting taxed at that new higher rate. But it's really important. Only the amount over the previous bracket is taxed at the next bracket's tax rate. Yep. So it's always good to be making more money, at least from a a tax perspective. Now, before we get to which percentages apply to you, first, we need to know how much total income is coming in. That's your gross income. That's going to be the amount on your W-2 if you're working for someone else. What What is a W-2? Because I think that's something that people get confused about too with taxes is all these different acronyms and form names. Yeah, your employer, your job is going to send this to you once a year uh, for all of the money that you made in the last year. It's basically a summary of everything you were paid by them and all of the things that you paid into social security, your health insurance, your retirement plans, all of that gets summarized on that W-2 form. Um, If you're a contractor, you're going to get a 1099 form. And if if you are self-employed or are employing other people, have your own business, you're likely in that minority of people that should use a tax professional. Because you're going to be filing a 1040. which Yeah, it's a a a very different process. So what we're going through here is mostly for people that are getting a regular paycheck. Yep. So you've got on that W-2, it's going to tell you your gross income. That doesn't include things that came out before your paycheck. So it's going to, the gross income is going to be lower than your salary. Things like 401k contributions are not going to be in there. Yeah. So don't freak out that your, your gross income on the Looks like you got a pay cut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, if you are responsibly contributing to your 401k, your gross income is going to look potentially quite a bit lower than what you're actually being paid. Now, that's not even what you actually pay tax on. Can you explain how we adjust that number, yeah. the gross income? So there's another layer here, and the the technical legal term is adjusted gross income, AGI, and that is something that you'll see come up as you're going through your taxes. But the layman's term and what it's referred to in a lot of other documents is just your taxable income. And that's because AGI is the money that you're actually paying income taxes on. And the way you get your AGI, your adjusted gross income, from your gross income is by calculating any adjustments to income that you're eligible for. And so all of these, I'm going to give you a few examples, but I just want to point out again, any of these uh, do-it-yourself tax softwares 
ask you all of these questions very explicitly and they make sure that you're not missing any. So you don't need to know every possible adjustment to income to do your taxes. You just need to be ready to answer the questions they have about them. But a, a few common examples of adjustments to income are student loan interest. Um, so if you're under a certain income level and you're paying interest on your student loans, you can deduct that from your gross income. You're, if you're a educator, like a teacher who's spending money on classroom supplies or other things of that nature, you can subtract educator expenses from your gross income, alimony payments, or any retirement contributions that you made to a pre-tax account with post-tax dollars can also be removed from your gross income. And that last step, if it's a little confusing, maybe go back to episode six, listen to the retirement accounts episode. But you can use money that was initially taxed on your paycheck to contribute to a traditional IRA, which is supposed to be untaxed dollars. And so you'll get that money back when you file your taxes. Now, once you've taken out those adjustments, we can actually lower your taxable income even more with deductions. There are two types of deductions that you might have heard of. The standard deduction, and anyone can take this. For 2020, it was $12,400. That would come right off your adjusted gross income, and that's what that number after that would get used for your taxes. If your adjusted gross income, after you define your gross, make all those adjustments to income, and your AGI was $72,400, you would only pay taxes on 60000 of it because you took that $12,400 standard deduction. And it's called the standard one because anyone can take it, no questions asked. The other one is itemizing your deductions. So you may have more than 12,400 in deductions. If you have a mortgage, the mortgage insurance is deductible. If you had a lot of medical expenses, those are deductible. Property taxes, uh, donations to charity, gambling losses, if you had a lot of those. If all of those add up and like Nick just said, the system will walk you through this. If all of those add up to more than 12400 which is what it was uh, last year, then you should take the itemized deduction. If it's less, go to the standard. All right. And again, repeating what Harry said, they help you. They hold your hand through all of this. They'll ask you every single question about possible itemized deductions. They'll see how much it is, and they'll recommend which one you should take, standard or itemized. For the vast majority of people, especially if you're early on in your career, you have relatively simple tax situation, you're going to be taking the standardized. Uh, one last piece is that a after you take the deductions, you may have tax credits. Uh, those come right off the total income tax that you owe. So if you have children, uh, if you bought an electric vehicle, if you got solar panels, Every year, there are different tax credits available, and the system that you choose will also ask you, did you buy an electric vehicle this year? Because you might be able to get a tax credit there too. Now, can you explain, we said doing your taxes is filing your taxes. What are you actually submitting? And aren't people, we're usually having to submit two, right? A federal yep. and a state. 
So we call it filing taxes because these tools that help you do your taxes are really just automated ways to fill out these very specific documents. And you're actually filling out these documents and file, you know, filing them with the government um, you know, to like add to their records. It's like they're adding them to their um, file system. And you mentioned you file two. And that's because in most states, um, you're going to be paying, you know, everywhere you're going to be paying the federal income tax because that's what you pay to the federal government. But states also have their own income taxes, most of them. Um, so the, the handful of states that don't have an income tax are Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Texas, Tennessee, Washington, Wyoming, and New Hampshire. So if you're living in one of those states, there's no income tax being taken out of your paychecks um, from the state, you only file a federal return. Every other state, you will be filing a return for both the federal government and for the state government. And this is going to happen, you hear tax season or tax day, this is going to happen in the beginning of the year. You're going to get your W-2 or your 1099, usually in January, for all of the income you earned in the year before. So it's going to be uh, a bunch of forms that you receive from anywhere you made money, basically. They give you a few months to, to go through this process. So you get the forms around January, and you have to do them by April 15th. Yeah, January 30th is the hard deadline for people that are entities that need to send you forms. They need to have it in the mail addressed to you stamped by January 30th. So you should get them, if not by then, some companies do it very early. The latest you should be getting them is sometime in February. And one thing to note here, your income isn't your income potentially isn't just going to be from your employer even if that's your main source. Um, if you have a bank account that gets some interest on it, you'll get a, a 1099 from your bank with the interest amount. Um, if you opened a banking account that had like a $200 opening bonus, that counts as taxable income. So you'll get a form for that. Driving so for just, Uber or DoorDash or something. Yep. Yeah, so there's a few different sources. Um, if, you know, if you are, do you have a small gambling fund um, and Robinhood or something like that, and you made some money, they'll send you a, a form. And so that all needs to be reported. Um, and again, these are, these are things that whatever software you're using to do your own taxes, they're going to ask you for and remind you about and sort of be like, you know, double check. Did you have any interest income or did you have any bonus income or, or things like that? All right. We've been talking a lot about these softwares that, that will walk you through the process. I, first, I want to know, where do you do yours usually? I have almost always used Free Tax USA to do mine. Um, there, I was looking back at my previous taxes, and I, I did use TurboTax one year, which I don't re really remember. I don't know why I switched after a few years of using Free Tax USA. I never had any issues with them. Um, but yeah, the past few years, I've been back on Free Tax USA, and that's what I've been recommending to anyone that asks. I use the same. Uh, we're not shills for Free Tax USA. <laughs> there are others, and they're all pretty similar. You've got H and R Block, TurboTax, Credit Karma has one. You can actually file directly on the IRS's website. They have their own version. 
So there are a bunch of them out there and they're all pretty similar. The one thing you should look at is how much they're charging you to actually file them for you. And that's, that's a, an important piece of what you just said there, right? Is that they're charging to file them. So for most of these, you can actually go through the process where they're, you know, they're walking you through and asking you questions. You can go through that whole process and have them tell you what your refund will go, will be or how much you owe without paying anything. Because what they charge you for is actually sending that information to the IRS. So something that's also a good idea, and if you read some other sources, you'll definitely see this recommended, is I like to use two and go through it twice in two different spots just to double check that the end amount is the same. Yeah. We've been recommending doing them yourself throughout this episode. If you're, if you don't have too many sources of income, if you have, you know, a normal salary job, there are some situations where it may make sense to have an accountant do your taxes and hire a CPA. And a CPA is a certified public accountant. If you're if you're having someone do your taxes, you definitely want to make sure that they're a CPA. Good point. Don't just don't just swing by a uh, shady corner office and try to get your taxes. Yeah, because the whole point, if you are hiring a CPA, is that they're going to save you in taxes more than what you're paying them to do them for you. So if you have a more of a complicated situation, you own your own business, you have a lot of assets or you've made a lot of donations, a lot of investments, a lot of dependents. If things are complicated and you're going to be itemizing a lot of those deductions, it may make sense to hire somebody. Yeah, if you're a contractor or self-employed and you've worked in multiple states throughout the year, that's going to complicate things. Um, I know as as a regular salaried employee, I've done I've had tax my most complicated tax year was I had two jobs across two states and, you know, that was still, that's well within the scope of what these tax softwares can handle. Now, if I'm not in one of those situations and I have, you know, one job and I got my W-2, I want to do it myself. How would I actually go through this process? Well, you'd go on the website and find, you know, actually find the tax software and, start like start it uh, there's going to be a start button to actually begin this process and like we said they hold your hand and walk you through it so you basically just start and answer all their questions and you keep answering all of their questions until you get to the end and that's sort of the the high level overview there you really just need to spend the time in front of the computer answering all the questions they have for you how long does it usually take you Mine, usually like a half hour to 45 minutes. Same. The Probably the most time-consuming part is entering the numbers from the W-2s or 1099. Yep. And, yep. and that's just mapping. They say, hey, what's in box four on your W-2? You just enter that in. Yeah, it's very straightforward. Like, it is. They'll be like, okay, enter the number from 12A here. Like, if there are any letters in 12D, type them in here. It's It's very clear what they're asking for. So you'll enter in all of the places that you made money. So if you, we talked about all the places that might be, you would enter. Yeah, maybe you had, maybe you had two jobs. You switched jobs during the year. So you got two W-2s. They'll say, do you have a W-2? And they'll take you through the process where they ask for all the information from that W-2. When you finish that one, they ask you, 
did you have a second job? Do you have a second W-2? If you say yes, they ask all the information on that one. They'll ask again, do you have a third W-2? And you say no. And they say, okay, on like, let's move step. on to the next step. It's, it's a very guided process. So probably for most people, an hour or less, even on your first time, because it's going to walk you through this. And once you get to the end, they're going to say, okay, is all this legit? Is everything you said true? Because if the IRS checks and audits you, you got to make sure you can back up everything you put on there. Don't lie. You're going to file, and that's what Nick said they're charging you for. They're going to take care of all of it. They submit it to the federal government and to your state's government. Yeah, on FreeTax USA, at least, uh, filing with the federal government is actually free. You only yep. pay to file with your state. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like twelve ninety five or it's something like that. Um, so maybe, yeah, you might be paying 13 bucks um, just to file with the state and federal. Remember we said what you actually got taken out in taxes is very rarely going to match up to what you owe. So it's going to tell you, did you get too much withheld? Then you're going to get a refund. If you didn't pay enough in taxes throughout the year, the previous year, then you're going to have to pay. And even that, they make very simple for you. At the end of the questionnaire process, once the numbers are, are finalized and they say, this is what you're getting or this is what you owe, they'll ask for your bank account information. And you just, you enter the bank account you want to either pay from or get paid in right into the, the tax software. And if you owe money, it'll get deducted directly from your bank account. You don't need to actually go like stress about writing out a check and mailing something. The government will pull it straight from your account. And then if you're getting money, it'll just get direct deposited right into your account, just like your paycheck. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like when I file them earlier, like if I file them in January or February, that I get my refund in less time, not just sooner, because I think they go to the people who filed first. Yeah, they're doing uh, like first in, first out. Right. So... And I think most people do tend to wait closer to the deadline. Like that's a very like early April. People are panicking because like, oh, I need to get my taxes yeah. done. Like I usually try to get them done as soon as possible just because that like usually I've had a refund. So I'm getting money back and I want that money as soon as possible to get it to work for me. You know, it's like I, I could be doing more with that money than having it sit with the government not doing anything. Um, so yeah, I usually try to file right away, January, February, and it's usually like less than a week, two weeks. Yeah. And in the times I've waited till March, it could take like four, six weeks, March or April. All right. So you may not be listening to this during tax season. If you are, then we just walked you through the how-to. Hopefully you can go out and do it yourself. So what should the takeaway be if someone's listening to this outside of tax season? Well, hopefully, if taxes or tax season is something that has stressed you out before, you feel a little better about going into it now. There, there may not be such a dread when you start seeing all of the tax service advertisements coming up. Hopefully, you're a little more prepared for it just in the sense that it's going to cost you a lot less money. You're not going to be spending 150 bucks at a CPA. You're going to be spending like less than a tenth of that, like 13 bucks. Hopefully, you come away with some extra peace of mind. But maybe put a reminder on your calendar late January, early February to come back to this episode and yeah. get a little refresher 
and check our list of sources of, you know, places that you can use to do your taxes cheaply, easily, and quickly. You can do it. I like to think of it as, because some people say, I don't want to be bothered. I'd rather just send it off. But I like to think of it as, you know, if it takes me an hour and I would have been paying H&R Block $150, it's like I'm making $150 in that hour, right? Because I've saved that much. I would take that hourly rate. Yeah, exactly. So you all can do it next tax season. Do it yourself. Good luck when you do do them and let us know how it goes. Thanks again, everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.